0: Amen. This is going to be one of those kind of sermons where I invite you to say hallelujah before it comes, because it is just that kind of sermon. Very few times do I want to shout before I preach, but I, I shouted at home before I came in here, because it's just that kind of sermon this morning. Some of you may not have known, I've had a week of behind all kind of weeks. It was a week on the move. Any of my high school class of 2006, anybody here in the house? I think they've already left the building. But I was uh, had a little visitation over at Memorial High School, and, and some of the kids looked up and said, Ooh, Pastor King, you didn't have to go there. So I not only preach and teach here, but there are times when I'm called in to other places. And I was actually asked, to come and give a word of encouragement to the students who were taking the tax test. But I think they got a little bit more, and some of them even got a little shook up, because the bottom line, I say, God has a mission for their lives. God has a preferred vision for their lives. And we're not going to sit down on our children, nor are we going to sit down on what God is calling us to do this day. So I didn't let anybody take those and set them aside because they didn't fit the mold of what they thought I was going to do. Because the teachers and the preachers and the, and the principals, they really didn't know what I was going to say. But God had given me a good word for those kids. Didn't I give them a good word, Miss Butler? Fired them right up. I don't know how well they did on the test, but they got fired up in the name of Jesus. I even got permission to pray, and I, you know, I say this publicly. Sometimes we know that we can pray without ceasing, and just because the public school system said we can't pray doesn't mean you can't pray while you're standing there in front of those children. You can look at them and bleed the blood of Jesus over them and say to the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. You won't have my children. But that was only Tuesday, and today is Sunday, so a lot has gone on in this week. Amen. Then I went up to Lakeview and believe it or not, God is still in the move up at Lakeview. I stopped by and saw some of my ducks on the pond. If y'all were here that Sunday, I had a little visitation. I went out to kind of walk on the water and the ducks was there. Well, when I got there, they had already taken their post. They like to come up here if you dare. But I stood out there on the edge of the plank and said, we're going to share this spot because I'm going to talk to Jesus while I'm up here in here." And they just stood there and said, you come and you can go, but baby, we here all the time. No, I'm not crazy. I talk to dust, but you know, I'm not Dr. Doolittle. But the bottom line, God is still a good God. And St. Paul, we were nominated for the small church of the year, full-time pastor of the year, and late person of the year. Keep it in prayer and we'll see what's going to happen at annual conference. But God is putting us on the map. We've always been on the map, but we have just letting the map be shown beyond Fort Arthur, Texas. Can you say amen? This morning... This scripture is very known to many of us. The truth be told, we have told folks what Jesus said. Because Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. When I was growing up, I used to think they were saying the way, the truth, and the life. L I G H T. But it's good to go to the Word and see exactly what it says. It says the way the truth, and the life. So today, we're just going to simply focus on what saith the Lord. The sermon title is simply, Jesus said. And in order for Jesus to have said something, we don't have to have said something to Him, but in this case, the disciples wanted to get some info from Jesus. If we look at verses 6 and 7, and particularly 9 and 10, that's where I'm going to focus this message on. I'd like to read it again for your hearing. It simply said, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really, really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, You do know me, and have seen me. Nine and ten says Jesus answered again. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, "See, show us the Father"? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? These words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. This is not a tongue twister. This is not a parable. This is not a shake it up and throw it up in the air. Somebody's trying to keep me confused. We understand God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Son came to earth, bore our sins, hung on the cross. God rose again so that you and I and you and all who choose to, all who want to, have salvation is extended to them. But they don't operate in the by themselves. They are one within each other. Yes, there are priestly responsibilities. There are things that when you think of this associates with God the Father, and this associates with God the Son, and this associates with the Holy Spirit. The bottom line is, don't get confused, because here he's simply saying, look, if you've seen me, and you've experienced me, you have experienced the Father. This at time, this passage was written, there was a waiting for the Holy Spirit. That is what Pentecost is about. We are coming upon the season where the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, comes. But we already know, because many of us have experienced Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. Think about when you were young. And when your mom and daddy said something, and then they left the house. Anybody in here have siblings? If one sibling did something wrong and the other sibling thought they was in charge, they would simply say, I'm a child. You know mom and daddy said. You know what they told us to do. You know mom and Daddy said, don't jump on the furniture, don't turn the TV on, don't get no more food out the refrigerator. You know mom and Daddy said that. In my house, I wasn't real sure all the time about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. But I was clear that my parents were because they put enough fear of God in me early that said, I'm ordained to take you into a new level. I know I'm authority here. So, I mean, my parents had that thing down pat. They would have, if they weren't Jesus, they definitely were junior Jesus. And they had been appointed and anointed by God to let me know they were the representation right here on earth of the way, the truth, and the life. And if I was going to come through and go through their house, I needed to recognize the way, the truth, and the life at the Thomas household. Because I was going to be in trouble if I went another way. Well, that's kind of what Jesus was letting Thomas know. Look, Thomas, don't be doubting at this moment. I'm answering these questions for you, and I'm specifically letting you know who I am, whose I am, how I work, and you need to understand that. But then they couldn't seem to kind of hook into that. They said, well, if you say you're the way, the truth, and the light, then who's the father?" So this scripture is really to help us break down the fact that don't get confused God is giving us some very direct instructions, telling us who he is, telling us what's critical in life, and also letting us know, look, look to me, look to me. In the Acts passage, Stephen got stoned. Somebody say Stephen got stoned. Stephen got stoned because he was following the way, the truth, and the life. But what does Stephen do, taking just about his last breath? He basically says to the people who were hurting him and abusing him, one of which was Saul, before he became Paul, he said, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Does that sound familiar? That ought to bring shings and bells in your eyes. Say, well, I heard that before what Jesus said on the cross. He not only wanted them to understand that he was the way, the truth, and the life, but in order to live the life, you got to forgive. Let's say forgive. There's some folk in here that you don't even know why you're still mad at Mamie and Janie and Freddie and Bobby and Sally and Jimmy and whoever's name is on the list. They got on your nerves 42 years ago and quiet as it's kept, you ain't talking to their kids and their kids and their kids and kids and you have just to say what you mean the way the truth and the life forgiveness is part of that we come every first sunday bowing on our knees asking for repentance saying unto god forgive but sometimes we have got to forgive beyond family sometimes we got to come in close and forgive right in the house Every now and then I'll lose my mind in the house. And this other woman will take over my body. And down there will say, Could you send my wife back? Send her back. Send her back. And when I arrive back on the scene, I always have to say, Honey, forgive me. For I know not what I do. I lost my mind up in here, up in here. And I'm thankful to God that I'm not a cussing woman. I don't, you know, my grandmother said curse words was because she was short on English. And if you learned all the English you needed to learn, you wouldn't need to curse nobody. And that's not godly and that's not Christian. So we didn't learn that, you know, and I'm thankful, you know, for all the things they taught me. But they didn't teach me that. And they definitely said, if you bring it up in here, your life will be short in this house. So, you know, again... The way, the truth, and the life in the Thomas household was kind of tight. So I never learned bad words to the point where I just want to really give it to you. But I'm glad I'm a praying woman because that's the only way Jackie returns. When the other woman comes to the house down there, I'll be looking at her like, did you send her wife back? I need her back. The way, the truth, and the life. And then there's two other passages that were brought up, but they weren't preached or, or read. And I just want you to write them down. They were part of the lectionary, um, scriptures for the day. And one is First Peter 2, 9, and 10. And I know many of you are familiar with this, but I want to just bring it to your attention now in the midst of these, this, this group of scriptures simply because sometimes we get pretty good with Recognizing what it means to be the way, and um, we 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 understand what it means to be the truth, even when we don't want to follow it completely. But committing our life to God, sometimes we say, "Can I just commit ten percent of it, and let me hold on to this three tenths?" I want to control that, Lord. Well, I just want to share with you what it says in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. It says, and this is the reason why we have to give it all to God. One of my favorite scriptures, and it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you of the darkness into the wonderful light, And then it says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So to be the people of life says that You're going to accept your royal people. You're going to be 100% sold out, stomped down, all committed unto God. You're not going to be trying to hold out some part of your life that you want to control on your own. And this is especially for my teenagers. I love teenagers. You know, there are few people that will publicly announce that they love teenagers. And when I was in that assembly, 70 people looked at me like, this woman is either... On something, or she hadn't figured out that these people are really 16, 17 years old. She's really in a special place. But teenage is a time of great creativity. But you need a mentor. At 16, I thought I knew it all. Ooh, I knew it all. I was so full of knowledge, I was crazy because I knew it all. And I was 16 and I was a senior in high school. So I really thought I had it going on. I was real smart of the smart. Didn't know that that mean I was a nerd, but you know. But I was a cool nerd. What could I say? But the bottom line is teenage lifetime is the beginning. But don't rush life. Let somebody help you. And the greatest person to help you is Jesus Christ. Because He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That means He already knows the plans He has for you. He already has vision, your preferred life. He already sees you. He sees your bumps and your bruises and your ups and your downs and your challenges. He sees it all. But He said, walk with me. I need to whisper on your ears. Let talk with me every day. Don't put me on speakerphone. Come and get close to me. But more importantly, he says, if you want to come through me, you have got to come through the heart. That means you have to confess unto God your sins. You have to say, Lord, I'm grateful that you have forgiven me. I want to repent, and repent doesn't mean take in and. Meet keep them going back and forth, making 360-degree turns. Repent is, bam, it's a 180-degree turn. It's saying, I know that's wrong. Bam, forgive me, Lord, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to look at it here and say, no, God, you've given me a way out. Because you are the way, the truth, and the life." God is a good God. He's a mighty, mighty God. John Wesley said it one way, because he said it, we are to come to know God. Understand salvation. Read the word of God. Experience God. Think with your mind. Reason about what actions you want to take. Talk to God first, not your friend. And then look at your tradition. What does your mama bring to the table? What does your daddy bring to the table? What does your grandmother and your grandfather and your uncles and your aunts and big mama and daddy and Scooby? What do they all bring to the table? Because we come with a family. But we grow up by faith. So the last thing I say to you recognize that Jesus said a lot of things. But if you don't remember anything else, remember that he spoke of love, that he spoke of forgiveness. And he set the tone by declaring that he is forgiven, the and truth, the and life. If you don't know him today, you won't. To. There's a baby back there, Mr. Connor. I'm glad to say that your grandbaby Hey, Granddaddy. You got it going on. That's a future fisherman? Oh, that's good. That's good. From that level all the way to Mr. Harrison and beyond, the story is the same. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Come and find as we stand and sing our hymn on page 140. Great is thy faithfulness.